Five, four, three, two, one. We're in the pipe. Five by five. This is the Five on Film podcast. Hello and welcome to Five on Film, the podcast where we break down the top five in the world of film. I'm your host, Paul Cree, and joining me this week are my colleagues again, John. Hello. Matt. Good evening again. That was supposed to be Chris, but Chris can't make it. And Ollie couldn't make it, but has very kindly rescheduled things, so Ollie is here. Hello, Ollie. <laughs> Hello. And then coming in for Chris this week is our first guest on the Five and Film podcast, uh, one of our colleagues. This is Rob. Hello, Rob. Thank you for joining us. Hello. Thank you for having me. All right. Um, before, we, uh, before we roll off with the show, uh, I'm going to explain how it works. We're going to have three rounds. We're going to have nomination, where we each nominate a film we believe deserves to be in the top five. We're going to hopefully get to seven films. This will be our initial list. And then we're going to go to elimination where we're going to knock out two films, leaving us with our top five. And then we're going to rank those top five films. Um, this week, we have a guest. So we've led off with our guest, Rob, picking our topic. So, Rob, our topic this week is? Our topic this week is John Hughes Films. Nice, nice. Why have we gone for John Hughes films, Rob? Um, well, quite a number of reasons, really. Um, I was of an age that I found the films he made very relatable because I was a teenager in the 1980s. So I'm showing my age a bit. Um, so I think he really, particularly with his teen movies, I think he sort of understood the trials and tribulations of a teen, you know, the teen angst. The, the struggles, the daily struggles, the falling in love, but someone falling, not falling in love back with you, you know, the, the feeling isn't sort of mutual. Um, but I think he also understood a lot of um, 80s culture, the music he put in his films, I thought was fantastic as well. Um, I think that a lot of the storylines are, are superb and very well written some great characters and I think a lot of characters are very identifiable um I mean I could go on I mean there's a number of reasons but that, I think in summary they're the sort of the main reasons I've chosen John Hughes films nice. and quite a few of them would if I was if I were to do a top 50 of my all-time favorite films quite a few of them would appear in my top 50 great stuff great so stuff I've directed or written or or both or be involved being involved with as a, an exec producer or whatever, so. Excellent. Well, John Hughes uh, was our task <clears> this week. We're going to try and break down the top five John Hughes movies, the top five written by John Hughes movies we've gone with. So anything that John Hughes has written uh, is eligible for this list. Um, so, Rob, as you're our guest this week, can you give us the first film that you believe is worthy of John Hughes's top five and why? I am going to pick an obvious one, I think, um, because it is one of my favourite films, and I've seen it many, many, many times. It may, it still makes me laugh every time I watch it. Um, 
lots of laugh out loud moments, lots of iconic moments, um, great music. Um, the, so the film is Ferris Bueller's Day Off, film from 1980. I believe it was the fourth film that he directed. And you could really see that he'd sort of really came into his own. And I think that he'd really sort of found his groove in by that time, you know, with this film, it, with his uh, direction. Um, I think it's just a lot of energy in this film. Um, like I say, a lot of iconic moments, a lot of laugh out loud moments, some brilliant characters, not just Ferris Bueller himself, but a lot of the supporting cast. Um, yeah, it just it's just a, a great film. Nice, nice. Well, um, John. What do you think? John, Ferris Bueller's <laughs> Day Off. Is it one of... Uh, is he going to make this initial list, the top seven, let's say, of uh, John Hughes films? Um, it's an absolute classic, um, and I would be highly surprised if this wasn't one of our top five at the end. Um, and... I, I think it is an absolute classic. I think it's um, I, straight, straightforward. It, 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 it's a complete fantasy, uh, and I think I think it, I, I, a complete wish fulfillment. And it's a lovely adventure around Chicago, doing doing all the things that you really wanted to do when you were a kid. So yeah, definitely makes my list. Nice, Ollie. What do you think? Ferris Bueller. I, I um, aspire to have as big a balls as Ferris Bueller and to give as <laughs> fewer flips as Ferris Bueller oh, does. I agree. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great movie. I, I, lo I love that he kind of breaks the fourth wall and kind of talks directly to the audience. I, I love that he, at the opening yeah. of the movie, he's, he's teaching you how to kind of blag a day off school. I mean, um, when I was at primary school, I, I was an expert at blagging a day off school, <laughs> just because I, I I couldn't be bothered to go. Like I I spent um, there was one year at school where we had a teacher that just didn't teach us anything, and I thought, well, well I, I don't know whether I thought this or whether I just couldn't be bothered to go to school, but I thought I might as well be at home just doing what I want to do rather than being here. So I I, I used to. Um, I don't know if I ever licked my part. I was going to say, so, did you lick your part? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think it's just, oh, God, I'm just doing it. So, yeah, when I was at school, I, I, I used to love blagging a day off. Uh, only at primary school, that's nice and to add. Um, but, yeah, I, I think uh, Matthew Broderick, he's, he's brilliant in the film. Like he's, yeah, he, like you say, Rob, his, his energy throughout the whole thing. Um, and, yeah, it's yeah, it's a complete fantasy, and he's just... It goes on this wild adventure that you that you wish you had the balls to kind of do. Like his his girlfriend and his best friend Cameron, they're kind of along for the ride, and they can't believe he's kind of doing these things either. Um, yeah, it's an absolute classic movie. I think it's my brother's favourite movie of all time. Um, I, I met the guy who played Cameron at like an autograph signing, one of those oh, kind of big nerd events, and I bought my brother for his birthday. Uh, what was the guy that played Cameron? Um, Alan, Alan, Alan Rook. Rook. Yeah, Alan Rook. I, I, um, I got him a signed Cameron picture, and he and he wrote on it, "Hey, bada 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 bada, so wing." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's probably the best present I've ever bought my brother. But yeah, absolutely great choice. First please stay off. Makes the list. Matt, are you uh, gonna... yeah, yeah. You don't even have to. Um, you don't even have to uh, um, ask me, mate. I, I'm, it's an absolute belter of a movie. Absolute belter. 
uh, one of my favorites growing up um still is one of my favorites um i mean it's a really really clever performance by matthew broderick i mean he yeah. he, he was very new to you know I, I don't know whether this was his debut film or it was one of the early ones that he was involved in but you know he very very light comic touch you know everything that he he like you said breaks the fourth wall he always he's looking at camera he always plucks that line out and he does it in such a really nice way um funnily you're talking about alan rook i don't know if any of you guys have seen um uh, uh is it succession the um hbo tv series i've heard of it but not seen yeah. it. Oh, yeah yeah and alan rook is in that and he's 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 just as good as i remember and i haven't seen him in a lot since since this i mean he's one of those character actors i suppose that pops up now and again in movies and stuff but he's never really kind of like had a super leading part in things but um if you do get a chance to try and catch succession he's really good in that um but yeah a fantastic fantastic movie jam-packed full of classic scenes um love the scene when the 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 is it a ferrari or a porsche i can't remember it just goes driving at, at, yeah, yeah, straight straight out of the the glass ga- i mean who has a glass garage i mean for god's sake <laughs> it, it's, it was it, the 80s yeah man it was excess <laughs> it, it was excess i mean i know these characters aren't they are relatable but at the same time they're kind of not because hughes puts a lot of emphasis on extremely wealthy character you know extremely wealthy children they you know they always seem to have a lot of money they live in these massive houses um so in that respect i don't necessarily see that that relatable but what they experience is hugely relatable um and to be honest my favorite favorite actor in in this um is jeffrey jones who plays the um uh the is he he's a school teacher or is the is the deputy head of, yeah, uh, the yeah. The, really? is, he the, is he the principal yeah he's the principal yeah. and uh he, he's i yeah yeah man he, he's just he's he's got such brilliant facial expressions um i, I just love it and jennifer gray let's not forget jennifer gray's in this playing his sister yeah. um a fantastic movie absolutely fantastic movie um and uh, anyone who who enjoys films let alone john hughes films or films in the 80s you have to search this one out if you haven't seen it do yourself a justice and go and watch it definitely um this is a weird one for me. Um, my, I, I'm saying yes, it, it it makes my top five. But when I first made this list, it didn't. Um, oh. When I before before I when I was compiling my my pre pre rewatch, um, I I I've only seen Ferris Bueller once before, and w- wasn't I don't know what it was when I watched it was not that enamoured with it. Um, but then I've rewatched it for this list and. Yeah, it's great fun. Um, uh, you, I agree with everything you guys said there. Um, I, I don't know why it didn't hit me as hard as it did the first time around that I watched it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, the, the, the breaking the fourth wall, the fantasy element of it. Um, Matthew Broderick is brilliant in it. He's, Isn't he's it? Yeah. Prob- yes. probably yes. never been better. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, like ra- random, th- like Charlie Sheen in what must have been a very early role, um, <laughs> sit- sitting in the. Uh, um, is he in the baseball? Station. Oh no, he's in the no, he's in the police station. He's the uh, he's the the guy who uh, Jennifer Grey falls for yeah, when she's uh, in the police station. Um, it's a bit of foreshadowing because he's supposed to be like in there for drugs or something. Yes, he? he is. Yeah, foreshadowing <laughs> is real life there. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so um, but yeah, obviously, his brother was uh, they're part of the Brat Pack, I guess, as well. So that, mm. that is made famous from this. But um, yeah, the adventures around Chicago, um, great music, uh, 
it, it is one of his best films. Um, Ferris Bueller with five unanimous votes makes our initial list. Hey, nice, nice work. Nice work. Nice. Good choice, Rob. Good choice. Excellent. Thank you. Yes. Bueller, uh, <laughs> Bueller, Um So moving on, we're moving to John. John, can you give us a, another of John Hughes's top seven? Let's say. Well, I would, I would like to. I'm going to put up. I, I'm going to suggest Uncle Buck. Okay. Because um, I, I have a feeling that it might, it could seriously be one of those overlooked films. <coughs> Excuse me. Bless you. Um, it is. It's actually one of the. It's one of the John Candy. One of the John Candy films where he, he's playing it straight down the line. But it's the one where he gets he gets to be the most John Candy, shall we say. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the film itself, um, he's, he's the uncle who gets uh, brought in to take care of the kids when the, mu- when the mum and dad have to go back to um, where they've just moved from in Indianapolis. Um, because their father's had a heart, the grandfather's had a heart attack, and and basically it's all about the um, it's all about the eldest daughter's conflict with um, her mom and with authority, and then instead instead of the mum just kind of kind of brushing it off to one side, but obviously it taking its toll um buck comes in and he he addresses it head on but because he's john candy he doesn't do things normally um buck usually lives in a in a rented apartment in fact um there's a there's a lovely uh, lovely minute long scene where it's him and macaulay culkin's character as the youngest boy who's um and they're just uh talking they're talking at uh miles is talking to buck about what he does and it's just yeah. rapid fire questions of who are you what do you do what's your work why married kids things like that and basically and basically he's he's not found he's not found his uh calling in life he's he's 40 years old so I think it kind of hit a hit a button there. Um, he doesn't really have, but he he has ways of making money. His car's complete and not a wreck, which I can relate to. Um, and he's kind of, but he's got a good heart, and he knows how people should be. So even if he does things slightly differently, you know, he's kind of like he's kind of got a good moral compass. So he ends up taking care of the. Th- taking care of the three kids. He can't work the washing machine, so he's doing the laundry <laughs> in the sink and then shoving it in the microwave. Isn't that, isn't that normal? Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, look, on a cold winter's morning, that's how you get your pants warm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, he, he takes care of, the, of Miles and Maisie, the two, two, two youngest. He... It's Miles' birthday, so he makes a stack of pancakes. But the pa- but the pancakes are the size of mm-hmm. the countertop cooker, 
and he's using he's using a snow shovel to flip them, <laughs> and he makes it. And Miles wakes up the next morning to find a stack of these with a huge pack of butter and maple sauce dripping off the sides. So his heart's all his heart's in the right place, but the but it's the conflict with the eldest daughter, and she wants to do her own thing, and she she wants to go to a party, and she's got this boyfriend, and and it's and Buck's just kind of trying to get her to to go to basically take he basically tells her well if you take the stick out your ass then may and then maybe we'll get along fine um but she's there and she 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 thinks her life's being ruined so she tries to mess with his love life with his long-term girlfriend um and i i and it's one of the it's one of those where it actually has proper heart and and actually it's not it's not a straight team movie but it, it as a, as a it, it's more it, it's more of a family it's more of a family movie than a team yeah, movie agree. yeah and I, I actually i think that i think uncle buck is at, it there's no there's nothing harsh there's no dark yeah. there's no darkness to it everything's done with kindness and I, 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 yeah, I think Uncle, Uncle Buck should be on the list. Should, nice. should it be should be considered? Nice, Matt. What do you think of uh, Uncle Buck? Well, I have said in the past. I, I can't remember exactly what I said, but I did mention Uncle Buck um, uh, in the past that it, it, it wasn't. It's not necessarily my favourite um, uh, John Hughes movie, and I often forget that we are talking about John Hughes and not John Candy. Um, I mean, the comedy in this is a lot broader than it is in, um, you know, it doesn't have quite the wit, I suppose, of um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And it's not quite as um, insightful, is maybe is the word I'm looking for, as The Breakfast Club or something like that. But it does have, as John said, it has heart, but it also lumps on the schmaltz as well, which is a bit much for me. And I never really quite connected with Uncle Buck. I mean, if you grew up in the 90s, or, or in the 80s, um, then, you know, you, the, the likelihood is that you would have seen this movie. Um, and I, it was watched quite often in, in our house. Um, my sister had a, had a keen sort of like um, uh, enjoyment of this film. She used to have it on VHS and her little section on the shelf, like Melissa's section, here's, here's the VHSs. And um, so, you know, it was often on. And, and there are some good scenes in here. Um, I was never a massive fan of, um, I mean, I don't know, John Candy for me was always the, the slapstick guy. Um, and in, at least in this film, he does show he's got some decent acting chops. You know, he is, yeah, a little, yeah he, he does, he does move more away from that kind of like, um, super focused comedy to a lot more, it's a lot more broader. There's a, there's a huge, there's a huge, um, sort of like emotional, um uh character behind there that we do get to see um a lot in this movie and it does have one of the funniest lines in you know in in any of john john hughes's movies you know with with uh, mrs melanoma and you know here's a quarter go and get a rat to gnaw that thing <laughs> off your face you know it, 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 it's one of the best lines in john hughes's um uh scripts writing ever you know he, he's got some golden ones in other films but you know for this it's great um 
And I, I came on today. I haven't rewatched it. Um, it's one of those ones that I don't tend to reach for, and, go, and I should really have watched it again. To be honest with you. Um, but that being said, I did say that although this isn't the John Can- Candy episode, I was going to put on any John Candy movie. So for that alone, because who doesn't love John Candy, uh, Uncle Buck, I will say yes. Nice, nice. That's two yeses. Ollie, can you make it a third? I I absolutely love John Candy. Uh, his his face, like I could I could I could watch his face and his facial expressions literally all day. Yes, it's a big yes from me. Um, Un- Uncle Buck was the movie that we'd probably rented from the video store down the road most often as kids. Like if we had friends coming for a sleepover, I was going to rent a movie. We'd go, we'd go and get Uncle Buck, and we'd we'd laugh all the way through it. And I rewatched it the other day and. I don't know why, but I'd forgotten how funny it is, and it's it's all those John Candy bits, and it's his it's his the way he delivers lines, it's his facial expressions, um, the bit where he 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 knocks the um, he knocks the plate off the shelf, and then he goes, oh my god, unbreakable, and he kind of knocks it on the side of the sofa, and then it, or the table or whatever, and it, and it instantly shatters. It gets me every time. Like I was proper belly laughing just at John Candy in this movie. And like John said, it's it's so full of hearts. It's um I was I was hoping kind of when I rewatched it that it was something that I might be able to show to my my kids soon. I think it might there's there's still a few kind of themes in it that were maybe a little yeah. bit too old. Yeah, not quite them. not quite. So yeah maybe in a few years time I look forward to showing them that. Um but yeah absolutely great movie. It gets my vote Uncle Buck. Nice. Um, uh, uh, so I, I think I'd only, again, much like Ferris Bueller, only seen Uncle Buck once um, in my youth. Um, and I remember thinking that it was quite good and it was a family friendly affair. Um, and I should rewatch it for this list. So I rewatched it with my girls. Um, you're right. There are a few things in there that made me feel a little bit uncomfortable as a dad, <laughs> forgetting that this is this is not quite just uh, Uncle Buck family friendly. Um, thankfully, I think they went over my girls' heads. Um, so bad parenting. Um, but yes, it, it is it is a good movie. It is it. I the bit you mentioned, Ollie, relating to the plates. Um, I, I I was properly properly shaking. Um, I, I I laughed so much, um, and my girls were looking at me, and they were I think they were laughing more at my reaction to the joke <laughs> than they were the joke themselves. Um, so yeah, I I think it's uh, it it has got a lot of high. It is different to uh, a lot of John Hughes's other movies, but um, I think it is uh, it's worthy of of making his top seven. Um, John Candy does does that comedic bit, but also does does that heart bit um so yeah that's uh that's four votes rob does uh uncle buck make a, a clean sweep again now it's what funny it? because i believe it or not i had never seen uncle buck until yesterday wow which considering i absolutely love john candy is seems unforgivable really that i haven't seen it up until yesterday morning um i laughed a lot I did laugh a lot. I thought it was a very sweet film as well. Uh, very poignant in places. Um, and I can relate to to a degree being an uncle. I, I don't have kids myself, but an uncle. And I've been You're in... Uncle Buck, aren't you? <laughs> 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 Are you good at bowling? 
<laughs> I'm terrible at bowling as well. Um, but that's, I've been in that situation where you're suddenly thrust into the jaws of responsibility. Here you go. You've got to look, suddenly you've got to look after, you know, your sister's kids or what have you. And it's like, oh my God, where do I start? And it's a very steep learning curve. Um, so I could relate from that aspect as well. Um, but yeah, I, I found it very, very enjoyable. The only, the only bit of the film that made me cringe really, uh, actually wasn't the, um, the, the headmistress part. It was actually the, uh, the part where he kidnapped or spoiler alert, but he kidnapped the, um, the boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of thought, Ooh, is that acceptable? But, well, actually, it's strangely, strangely, I didn't have as much problem with that as the scene before where he's with the girl in the room. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, that. Oh, good, good point, actually. Yeah, that was pretty ooh, cringe, cringe. So, so, so well. that it almost kind of makes up for the scene before because because the 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 bug like the boyfriend's getting his comeuppance then, isn't he? So yeah. Well, that that's it. That's obviously where it was leading, and it was a, obviously a revenge element, and he was the guardian that was very protective of his of his niece, even though she didn't want him to be protected, but then came good in the end and realised, oh, actually, he's looking out for my welfare. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it, and I would watch it again. I think I often judge the strength of the film as a measure. It's, would I watch it again? And, and absolutely, I would do. Nice. Um, so, yeah, I, I would... I think it would just squeeze into the top seven. Nice one, nice one. Well, that's, uh, that's two... Straight onto our list. Um, Matt, you're up next. Can you give us a third for uh, John Hughes? All right. Um, so, I, like I said, I, I, I don't want this to turn into a, um, a John Candy Appreciation Society, but I know it's going to because, um, um, you know, fortunately for us and fortunately for everyone ever in the history of, of, of the world is, is able to see these films that, John Hughes and John Candy made together. Um, uh, and they were kind of like you know, a perfect match. And as sad as it was when John Candy passed away, um, John Hughes also kind of went away at the mm -hmm. same time. And it's, it's largely written that he was very, 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 very taken aback by John Candy's death. And, um, you know, that's, that, that's another story. But um, I'm going to go all the way back to 1987, and I'm going to go uh, with the classic Steve Martin, John Candy, John Hughes, Planes, Trains and Automobiles. Um, simply put, for me, this is absolute comedy perfection. Um, I don't think John Hughes ever bettered this um, in direction and in script. Uh, I think it's his best film. You've got Steve Martin playing Neil Page, um, as a an ad executive he's trying to get home um for thanksgiving um and he finds himself in the presence of an absolute character of a man del griffiths and it is a classic odd couple movie where <laughs> these two human beings are put in these most exceptional circumstances um I watch it every single year without fail. It is 
for me the ultimate holiday movie not only a holiday movie i could watch it any time of the year but it's mm. the ultimate holiday movie for me um okay it's not it's not christmas time but you know it's close enough it's thanksgiving but it's that time of year for us and yeah it is sentimental a little bit overly sentimental in parts um yeah it does ask a lot of us as an audience to you know um i suppose i don't know i mean it it's it's got these two performances that are so so on point they're really so they're so controlled that i, I don't suppose we never want scoff that there's a joke that's gone too far maybe into ridicule we kind of accept everything it's all perfectly pitched um and and so believable and so relatable um that as an audience we're totally totally invested um and steve martin is playing this anal uptight executive you know he's always on the boil but never constantly but always constantly restrained to the point where you know we do get him erupting several times um but it's a really nuanced performance by by him and again you're talking um about john candy uh, earlier on um i think ollie was saying it and, and uh, Rob about his facial comedy and I think both of them in this film display huge huge talent in in facial comedy I mean Steve Martin in, in, in this especially with with if you remember the the f-word tirade uh, <laughs> it, his, his, fa his face in that is just an absolute picture he's just so and we've all been in this situation haven't we? we've all been in yeah, that oh, type yeah. of yeah. where things are going wrong and they're just never you just they're never getting right you, you the one thing you want to do is just blast you blast out to somebody um <laughs> and apparently that's the, that's why the film got an r rating um if you believe the internet you know hopefully this is fact checked but that's why it got an r rating because uh, the F word was was like spilled out like eighteen times in that in that particular scene. Um, if, you, if you believe the internet, that's why Steve believe... Martin took the role. <laughs> oh, right, that's, right. The, that's the scene that comes into that right? to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, it is even from the opening credits, right? You've got the titles screaming across the screen: planes, trains, and you've got the 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 you know the audio cues that follow them planes trains automobiles flashes across the screen and we know where we are from the moment the film starts you know you've got this kind of like silent comedy again this facial comedy from steve martin in, in the meeting where his boss is trying to decide you know should we go with this this particular type of ad or not and you can see on his face he just wants to go and you know there's his physical comedy again um and then it moves into that sequence, the great opening sequence with Kevin Bacon, if you spot Kevin Bacon there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that sequence is great as well, with the, you know, the, the editing. We know that that something's coming and we know that it's almost like this. This It is slapstick humour. And I, I think Steve Martin was great for slapstick <laughs> humour. Um, and, you know, tripping over Del Griffiths's, uh, as we don't we don't know yet, but we find out later it's Del Griffiths's bag uh, or, or uh, case. And, you know, we, again, we've all been in that situation where we're so desperate to get home, we'll do anything. Um, so, you know, this is the first, I suppose, is it the first adult-orientated um, movie John Hughes did. He was stepping away from the teen stuff. Um, so for him, this was some something new. Um, and I don't think he ever, he ever bettered it. I, I really don't. Um, there's so much, you know, screwball comedy from the 30s and 40s here, the comedy tropes of, you know, situational fast-paced physical comedy that um it's just you know and iconic scenes we, we've said this before in the last two movies there's iconic scenes here you've got 
you know, the, the underwear in the sink, you've got driving on the wrong <laughs> side of the road. You've got my favorite, my personal favorite scene of all time in any comedy movie um, is when they're picked up from uh, Kansas City, Wichita by Gus, the, um, <laughs> the, the pig farmer's son. <laughs> And, um, you know, he's introducing himself and he spits his tobacco in his hands and he shakes Steve Martin's hand with it. And apparently that, that, that was all improvised, apparently. Again, if you believe what the internet says, um, that was all in, 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 improvised. And, um, you know, and he gets his pregnant wife and he's like, he says, she's short and skinny, but strong. You know, her fir- first baby came out sideways. It's just, <laughs> it's just absolutely, you know, it, the lines are so good in it that, that it's not often the lines that are the punchline that are played so well. It's the, the sometimes it's the funniest lines of the lines after the punchlines. Um, you know, Candy was, John Candy in this was so gentle and vulnerable, you know, this overbearing buffoon. And we can, we can all, we can relate to both of them, to be honest, in this film. And um, I, I do think it's wonderful. I really, really do. And, you know, I, I, going back to John Candy, you know, John Candy, as, as Ollie said, he's one of those, people that i would wish at my fantasy dinner to dinner table you know along with like cleopatra or sir isaac newton i'd have john candy there um as the comedy um interlude and just to know what he was like in real real life you know but just you know i know i've waxed lyrical about john candy you know, the materials there from john hughes and the direction as well for for what is really um his first adult kind of orientated mo- orient orient oriented oriented movie he just does an amazing, amazing job. And apparently there is a, again, if you believe the internet, there's a three-hour version of the film knocking around with sequences that are out of, uh, you know, scenes that are out of sequence and footage that was like largely improvised and stuff like that that's been locked away and obviously will never get the light of day. But, I mean, just oh, wow. how wonderful would that be to just see what went on? Um, Let's start a position. Yes, yes, <laughs> get paramount. Anyway, anyway, as you might, as you might, can tell I, I i adore this movie and it, it is not only my number one for this for john hughes but it's also in my top five movies of all time love it wow um ollie do you uh do you agree with matt there that uh playing strains is worthy of this list yes of course i do it's got john candy in it um <laughs> I, I, st- I still use um you've planes trains and automobiles the bathroom whenever I find a bathroom that's got water all over the floor and all over the mirror. And I, I think every hotel room you ever go in, like, I don't know what's going on with the fans in hotel rooms, but I, I, I've, I've never had a shower in a hotel room and I haven't absolutely John candied it. So, uh, <laughs> Do you always look at the shower curtain rings? I do as well. I always look at the shower curtain rings. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I, I love the movie. I, I watched it again the other day and kind of belly laughed throughout the whole thing. Um, it, John Candy's that facial performance, like you said, Matt, but but also Steve Martin. Mm. And it's the bit where Steve Martin's kind of character assassination of of Dale Griffith, and like John Candy is just kind of like taking this like all, all of this kind of abuse. You feel really bad for him, don't you? And, and it's, yeah. it is you, you can really relate to both of them. Like you, you've everyone's met a Dale Griffith who's just like so annoying, someone that just never shuts up. But then, like the, the, the at the end of the movie, when you kind of um, when you realise that I, I won't give away the, the kind of the moment at the end, but it's it's really sweet, isn't it? It is, and yeah. It's, mm. Yeah, it's an absolute brilliant movie. It's so so funny. Nice. Of course, it makes the list. 
Um, yeah, this uh, I don't, it must be uh, me and John Hughes. I only like to watch them once and then forget about them because I have not seen this movie in so long, and I rewatched it for this list, and I I really enjoyed it much much like you guys have said. Um, there was a lot of moments. Uh, weirdly, I think I laughed harder in Uncle Buck than I did in this, which sounds which sounds weird. Um, but I, I still I still really enjoyed this. I still found a lot of laughs in it. But I, I did. I I, I got to be honest. I didn't. I didn't find it as brilliant as I'd remembered until the end. And the end really, really brought it home for me. I'm not going to spoil the end of the movie, but the the just it just the look at the end of the movie brought the movie up a massive notch for me. Um, I, I thought I, I I've I've enjoyed what I've watched. And then the end of the movie really brought it up to being um, a great watch for me. So uh, for me, Planes, Trains makes the list as well, which means we have three again. Rob, what have you said? Uh, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, yeah. I love this film. Absolutely. It's, I've seen it so many times and it still doesn't fail to make me laugh a lot. Um, and the, the poignant bits really get me. Um, I consistently well up at the poignant bits. Again, no spoilers, but there are bits where, you know, I do sort of well up and tear up a little bit. Um, I think it's Steve Martin's finest performance as well. And, you know, he's done some great films in the past. Mm -hmm. But I think it's his finest hour as well as, uh, I think it's John Candy's. I mean, I, you know, much as I enjoyed Uncle Buck, I think this is a much better film um, all round. Very entertaining Lots of memorable moments, um, as as you'd already mentioned, the, the the car on the wrong side of the road, and then <laughs> and then and then when you just just when you think that oh yeah, spoiler, it's a spoiler, isn't it? So I don't want to sort of give away. <coughs> just when you think you've you haven't laughed hard enough. A bit <laughs> I know, I know what you're thinking. Yeah. More, and, and then of course they both laugh at the ridiculousness of the of their their predicament and the situation because of course they're now they're kind of stranded. In the snow, um, yeah, yeah. I, said, I know it's a, a Thanksgiving movie, but I think of it as a Christmas movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I always sort of make a point of sticking it on at, uh, at Christmas time. Um, I, I feel that's because we don't really celebrate Thanksgiving in the yeah, UK. That, and it, that's right. And it's yeah. the it's the plight of getting home for a family event, isn't it? So I think it, it flows with the Christmas feel for for us in the UK. It, yeah, it absolutely does. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so, yeah, so many great, great bits of this film that, uh, you know, so memorable and funny and poignant, you know, great narrative curve. <laughs> yeah, definitely makes the list. Absolutely. Nice. Well, four votes. John, what have you been a fifth? No, I wasn't. Um, <laughs> oh. oh, well, I, I, actually, not, <laughs> not necessarily. No, 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 not necessarily because it's bad. Those aren't pillows, John. <laughs> those aren't pillows. How are those cubs doing this year? Um, yeah, I, I found it. I there are. I th I think I probably watched it for the first time all the way through over the past couple of days. All right, and over my, over my life i've always known there have been certain sequences that have been laugh out loud funny and amazing and brilliant 
but for some reason the the film as a whole just didn't live up to it and i actually find that steve martin's character is incredibly hateful <laughs> um i i just find i just find him so incredibly nasty but but then you, but you then, say that john but then he, the, he also every every time he's he's kind of been nasty he he turns it around like he goes and helps him like carry his case like when they've been kind of kicked off the train mm-hmm. like, that, that he, he realizes when he has been nasty and it, and then he kind of backtracks doesn't he and, and he makes it up to Dell yeah. every time i think he backtracks and he kind of feels bad for the things that he said or the things that he's done and and realizes that he's been nasty. Yeah, so, I, 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 I understand that, and I understand he's kind of like a, a guy in in a particular position. Um, but I, ju- I just find I just find him. I, I, I don't like the character. I, I really don't like Steve Martin's character. And if and if you don't like one of the characters, um, you've lost fifty percent of the film. To be fair, yeah, no, that's yeah. that is fair. And, that's fair. Yeah, and I, I just I. I think some of the th- I think I think if he hadn't been turned up to eleven, it would have it would have worked for me more. I mean, the planes, trains, and automobiles is actually just outside my top seven. Okay, but does, yeah. doesn't okay. it doesn't it doesn't it make the end so much more redemptive because he was such a nasty, spiteful person that you know, come the end. Then you know he is redeemed, and therefore doesn't he have to be that nasty in the first place? Yeah, but he, 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 he that that scene, those scenes at the end don't don't kind don't, make of, don't kind of make up for the 45, 50 minutes of um, character assassination to such a to such a degree. And that's and, and, that, and that and that's kind of, and that's kind of where that's kind of how I how how I feel about it. Like I say, it's it's still in my top ten. It just yeah. for me doesn't make this list. Okay, okay. Well, so, it's it's made the initial list because we had yeah. four votes, so it is there. Um, I but... kind of feel that because it's made the list, I can go off on one about it. Oh, more. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, <laughs> mate. Absolutely, I completely, I completely understand. You know, he he is he is extremely spiteful, and some of the things are hard to listen to, especially if you related so much to John Candy in the sense that you know you might not be like John Candy, but you have met people like that. I know people like that, and I, you know, I, I can I can be spiteful in, in my own life and and looking at, at, at the way uh, Steve Martin is in that movie I can understand that you know he does go too far sometimes but it's it's yeah. like you said whether you like that character and, and that character is not someone you do like so yeah it's a, it, you've lost the film there but don't, but don't you think by um, Steve Martin being kind of quite spiky towards John Candy that it helps you sympathize with John Candy John Candy character even more and it makes you feel a lot more sorry for this. You know, he's a lovable, lovable idiot, isn't he? Really, at the end of the day. Mm. Yeah, but, but yeah, but by the same token, he's a lovable idiot, and he proves himself again and again that he's 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 a he's a capable, competent idiot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And but the, but it's just um, I I just I just don't like it. Mm. Really, it it just it, it wouldn't be really it. like huh? it's really like someone hitting hitting somebody with a hammer. And that guy's protecting himself with a banana. Yeah, it's it a really bit just right. Yeah, it's yeah. very it's a one-sided. Bit, yeah. Well, I don't know because you know the, the, there's no odd couple movie without without two people at odds with each other, are there? Um, you know. Yeah, and, but they're, they're, 
I, I think I think we're I think we're talking degrees here. Oh yeah, no, no obviously, yeah, yeah. <laughs> clearly. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you yeah. if you want to if you want to compare it with another one, uh, another John Hughes movie, you've got Dutch, um, which is pretty much the same sort of thing. Kids coming, um, a guy's going to pick up his uh, daughter's, uh, sorry, his wife's son from a prep school, and he is a hateful git. Uh, and basically, the entire film is Dutch trying to teach him to just let go of it, let go of it, mm. and actually, and become more of a human. And he does, and he step by step, it does. I just don't, I don't really see a character development for Steve Martin. Okay. I, it, just, it just, but anyway, it's okay. made the list. It's it has, it has, <laughs> it has. Right. Well, that's three for three. Only one no vote so far. Um, Ollie, can you give us a fourth movie to hit on this list? Uh, yeah, I can. I, I mean, the three that we've mentioned were all on my list, and I've got one at the top of my list and one at the bottom. But I, I won't tell you which one. I don't know which one I'm going to go for. Um, let, let's go Chevy Chase, shall, shall we? Let's go my favorite national lampoons european is my favorite national lampoons vacation movie is the european one um i i i think that's the funniest that's got the funniest moments in it so the 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 griswold family it starts with the griswold family on a tv game show um dressed as pigs playing pig in a poke um brilliant and they they flukily win a European um, holiday where they get to visit uh, London, Paris, uh, somewhere in Germany and to Rome. Um, and I, I mean, Clark Griswold is, is one of John Hughes' best kind of creations. Um, I, I, I definitely think one of the vacation movies should make this list. I, I just hope that we all agree on the same one. I, I worry that we may have picked different ones because Clark Griswold is Chevy Chase's Clark Griswold is so, so funny. So, so funny. F- for me, the f- first vacation movie is good, but it bits of it kind of don't really work. And maybe it was kind of, I don't know, maybe it was written too quickly or, or you kind of, uh, for me, European Vacation is, is is the funniest one, and it's it's, it's got the kind of the, the driving force where they're kind of going through different different cities and different things happen to them, and they get to kind of look at different cultures and poke fun at different cultures. Um, you've got some great cameos in there, like Eric Idle, um, Mel Smith's in there. He really runs the hotel in in London. Um, one of the funniest bits for me is in Germany uh, when Chevy Chase is dressed up in lederhosen and he gets kind of called up to get involved with like the the traditional kind of uh, German dance and of course because he's Clark Griswold he kind of, he takes it too far he kind of he it's, it's like they're doing the slapping dance and one of the guys slaps him and, and he, he takes offense to that and <laughs> lamps the other guy and it causes an absolute riot at this german festival uh, it's so so funny um I, I really hope that we get a vacation movie on this list and, and my favorite um of, of the ones that uh chevy chase is in 
is National Lampoon's European Vacation. Nice, nice. Um, I'm going to say no, Ollie, I'm afraid. Um, and that's because it, I, I remember enjoying National Lampoon's Vacation and National Lampoon's European Vacation when I was a kid, and I watched them quite a few times. And for me, I always preferred the former. Um, I preferred the original Vacation movie, even though this one was set partly in England. Um, I don't know why. Um, and then for rewatch, I had to rewatch one of them, and I rewatched Vacation. So I haven't seen European Vacation in a long while, um, and because of that, I can't, I can't say yes to a, to the movie because I always remember liking the other one first. Um, but I do remember enjoying it. So it's not that it's a bad movie. Um, it's down there somewhere around the 9-10 mark of my, of my John Hughes list, but mainly because it's been so long since I've seen it. Um, Rob, what do you think of European Vacation? Uh, now, this is a tricky one because I've, I didn't get a chance to re-watch it. So I've, I've not seen it since the 1980s. Um, I, it, coincidentally, or ironically, I didn't get to watch a vacation and Christmas vacation in the past couple of days. Um, now, I, I, I love the Chevy Chase character. Um, I think he's, again, he's just like a, a again, a, a sort of a lovable idiot. Um, I'll, tell, I'll tell you sort of a, if I'm going off at a bit of a tangent here, a character who I sort of can relate a lot to the Chevy Chase character that's been on TV quite a lot is the um, Martin character in Friday Night Dinner with the God bless his soul, late, the late Paul Ritter. The kind of that idiot that you, you just can't, you just can't stop laughing. It's just so funny, just naturally entertaining and naturally funny. Um, but going back on sort of memory, having seen all of the vacation films when they came out, um, Christmas Vacation was the one that stuck out for me more than European. European Vacation had its moments, but having rewatched two of them in the past few days with adult eyes, I didn't laugh as much as I did back when I first saw them as a teen. So I kind of on that basis, and it's a bit of a tricky basis because obviously I've not seen this particular movie recently with fresh eyes i'm gonna to have to say no sorry didn't make the top seven okay uh john european vacation um yeah um i i uh, uh, having what having watched all three um for this um i find it's it's the best of the vacation movies for me I, um, I find Christmas Vacation just, it's got, Christmas Vacation's got subplots with, with neighbours which don't really work and um, th there's no reason for them to be there. Um, and the thing, and the thing about Vacation, the first one, is the horrible, horrible Christine Brink Brinkley um, the, the strands which runs all the way through that um of the three i would i would i'd go with the european vacation okay unfortunately 
not in my it's not it's not in my list it's just outside of my list oh. so unfortunately it's a no from me right a european vacation has not made the list matt would have you said yes um it's a tough one really um i i i go along with what rob said is that i have i haven't rewatched these in many many a year um but they were a big part of my childhood and i, I do remember i recall i recall this one um mainly for for the lederhosen um, yeah that is, episode that that, <laughs> that stands out as as the best yeah. Um, I, I'm not a big key, a big fan of the, the the bits in in London, um, you know, knocking over Stonehenge and all that, um, and going round and round Big Ben and what have you. I think you know, is these 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 films are fast films, right? So, you know, they are ably played by Chevy Chase. He is a very funny, um, he's a very funny actor uh, that uh, I think is underutilized a lot in in this particular movie, from what I recall. Um, I just I don't think it would from what I I don't think it was as funny bar the sequence that that we've discussed as the other two um and European vague and sorry the first one National Lampoon's the original well the, the first one um I recall with more fondness than 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 this one um so yeah not for me it wasn't really even on my list to be honest this one Okay, unfortunately, that's a complete shutout on European vacation. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to roll around to me. Um, I'm going to go. There's a, there's a couple of movies that that could um, that I could go for, but um, I'm going to go for one that was seminal with my childhood. Um, one where every kid thinks this would be amazing. I think. Um, and that you, you, as a child, think, yeah, I could do that. I could set up all of my little micro-machine cars all over the place and everything like that. Um, I'm going to go for Home Alone. Uh, Macaulay Culkin left on his own uh, when his family go on vacation. Um, and it was, it was a little kid's dream of being left on his own in this giant mansion in Chicago. Chicago featuring so heavily in uh, all of John Hughes' movies. He lived there from the age of 12. And I, th I think it, it's just pure, pure brilliance. Joe Pesci off of being in Goodfellas and being the most menacing person on one of the most menacing characters on screen, turning into this physical comedy genius alongside Daniel Stern. Um, I, I haven't rewatched this movie for this list because I've watched it so many times. Um, I watched it with my girls at Christmas, um, along with the sequel, which I, which I enjoy as well. Um, Home Alone, the first one, is perfect it's a perfect christmas movie um i think home alone makes this list rob what do you think yeah i agree i, I it's it's a great film it's just it's a classic it's funny all the way through um the ridiculousness of it all i mean this is one thing about sir john hughes is he is he he does write ridiculousness so well um it's very slapstick like I said, location is just gold. Um, 
and it's it's a heartfelt movie as well because it's about you know the, the, the mother wanting to get back to her son because cause, yeah. you know he's desperate to get back home and um because he's you know he's on his own and he's vulnerable um yeah it's a yeah. great film it's very entertaining and it's you know as you said it's a christmas movie as well so it's it, i watch it every year if, if it's on tv I'll, I'll watch it um i love it yeah it's great it will make the list nice one john does it uh, make it i've been watching this film every christmas since it came out to yes. be fair it, it, so yeah um my, my, me, me and my wife now me and my kids and my wife it's all kind of yeah i mean white tracking kids um goofy criminals uh, apparent apparently joe joe pesci had huge problems not swearing in, on his scripts <laughs> um apparently apparently he actually edited in the in, in the swearing so he could actually say the lines and they <laughs> learned these lines and then took them all out again um it uh, yeah it's a perfect little movie i think it's perfectly pitched for the for the schmaltz i think it's i and i think this this one is this is the point of this one it's actually plausible it actually feels like it was a, it was plausible that it could happen yeah uh, uh, a long shot but it was plausible um it feels very grounded um apart from the fact that they treat treat the burglars as looney tunes <laughs> um yeah no definitely definitely on the list nice well three votes it's made it ollie it's got john candy in it as well would it have made the list <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah I, I've, I've watched this movie every christmas for i don't know how long it's it's, it's brilliant um macaulay culkin an absolute superstar he like he for like what was he 10 11 when he made it absolutely carries the movie um entirely by himself i mean obviously the the, the two criminals joe pesci etc are hilarious but um for him to be the star of the movie and uh, at such a young age and, and be a superstar he's brilliant and in uncle buck as well he was hilarious yeah. he was brilliant in that too um yeah i absolutely love the movie my kids love the movie um we love Home Alone too as well. Um, that that yeah. movie's absolutely brutal. Like watching yeah. that with the kids, they're laughing their heads off at mm. dr- bricks being dropped on <laughs> faces from like the top of a building. You'd think, oh god, that's nasty. Um, but yeah, Home Alone one is absolutely brilliant. And yeah, this probably John Hughes' best movie, I think. Uh, just I... a just a slight side note: Has anyone seen Home Alone three? Uh, yes, I, I saw yeah, it at the yeah. cinema. Uh, I haven't seen it in a long while, but I have seen it at the cinema. Okay. I, controversially, I think it's actually, I don't think it's a bad film. I actually uh, think it's quite good. I've heard a lot of people say that it's good, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's quite good, isn't it? It's, it's, it's quite good. Yeah, it's not, it's, it, it, it's a whole new premise. And the biggest problem is the fact that they use spies. They, they, they're using spies in it. And in that kind of, weirds the whole thing out but um actually uh, as a, the concept of how it worked how he ends up off school and being on his own is actually different and works so yeah and matt would have it been a clean sweep for home alone 
Uh, yes, it would. Um, you can't have Christmas without Home Alone, can you? It's um, yeah, it's one of those films that um, is infinitely quotable. Um, it's always on uh, at Christmas time, as you all mentioned. My, my kids love it, and they find it hilarious. Um, I like it for the fact that I liked it when I was a kid. I appreciate things in it when I was in my 20s and I appreciate things in it when I was in my 30s and now when I'm my father in my 40s. I appreciate it for different reasons all the way through. Um, uh, yeah, fantastic, fantastic movie. And um, I think Chris Columbus's best film, to be honest, uh, yeah. best directed film. Uh, he's not topped that. And um, one of John Hughes's best scripts, yeah. Very good, very good, very good. And, and, and to be honest, to be honest, is, it, is it Danny Elfman does the score? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, great score. Yeah, I mean the film, the film lives or dies with um, uh, uh, Macaulay Culkin, though, doesn't it? You know, uh, without without him being who he is and having those uh, criminals playing off each other and off him, it wouldn't have been half uh, the film that it is. Um, so they really did have to find. An amazing little actor to do that um, part, and, and thank God they did. Uh, I mean, it's very much a, um, a what you call it. It's like a, a Warner Brothers cartoon, isn't it? You know, it's that kind of uh, scrappy screwball humour from from those cartoons we used to see, like you know, um, that play two or three minutes here or there. You know, the Roadrunner yeah. and you know, yeah. Wiley Wiley Coyote. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, fantastic movie. Um, just a, just a quick fact check. It was actually John Williams. Oh, oh, the it, score, was it? Was it? Yeah, right, John Williams right. on the score. Ah, um, cool. And uh, if you go onto Netflix, there's films that we we love. I think it's a documentary series about yes. uh, films. Yeah. Um, have I recommend it. It's, re it's really cool. Is it Excellent. the films that made us? Is it <laughs> yes. yes, that's yes. the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. So they, no. do, they do one about Die Hard and uh, yeah. Dirty Dancing and Home Alone. Excellent. So, yeah, definitely worth it. Right. Well, we've got four movies on our list so far. We've got Ferris, we've got Uncle Buck, we've got Planes, Trains, and we've got Home Alone. Rob, can you oh. round out to a, uh, a fifth nominee for this list? Oh, which one of the... Uh, <clears throat> Breakfast Club. It's got to be. got to be Breakfast Club. Why? The... Many reasons... Again, I think it's it's genius how the vast majority of the film is just set in one room. I think it's about ninety percent of it. There's any little bits outside that. Uh, I think it was the library, wasn't it, where they were uh, had the yeah. detention. I think it's the you know the narrative curve. What you discover the as the film goes on more and more about the individual characters that are in detention. Um, so many funny moments in that so many poignant moments um you start to feel sympathy towards all all of the characters and not just the kids that are in detention but i actually felt sympathy towards the um the principal um and the the janitor as well you kind yeah. of feel, feel a little bit sorry because you you get the um the, the little bit of backstories about um you know what what's happening in their lives as well and of course, the, the the headmaster—I mean, or, or the principal, or whatever—I forgot what they're called in America. Is <coughs> de deputy principal? I think this deputy is deputy principal. Yeah. yeah. Of course, he 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 doesn't want to be there on a Saturday either, really. Um, 
but ultimately he the way I feel sympathy towards him as well is the the fact that he's there for, for the hoping to turn these kids around for their futures um, you know in particular I think a outstanding performance by um, Judd Nelson as John Bender I think he's just absolute gold in that but I think they're all all of the um, all of the actors with, within that film in that film are, are just superb in their own way I thought Anthony Michael Hall as a geek I was, was particularly good as well um, love the music it, it, I mean I remember seeing that on VHS hide from a, a local video store and it got me into Simple Minds as well because you know, I'm a big music fan and that's another thing I love about John Hughes films and particularly his teen movies he, he demonstrates and he, he clearly shows his music and he, he puts a lot of this influence within his as well and I think it really enhances the, the film and the, and the plot um, so many great moments, some emotional moments um, is gold I love it and I've happily watch it again and again nice nice uh john breakfast club making this list uh <laughs> 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 um i after revisiting it no uh. I, d I don't think it's one of, i don't think it's one of his top seven um i uh I can see why I can see why people like it, and um, but actually watching it in the past, in the past few days, I find I find uh, John ben John Bender is very much very much a overarching bully bully of a character, and of course he's supposed he's supposed to be, but he, he's supposed to be from a broken home, but if you, they kind of fall into. I think it's because they do fall so solidly into um, into particular camps of people, there's particular stereotypes that they're just it it it, it feels like the school play, the school play it should be. I just there's something about it as a film that just doesn't quite feel feel right for me um so from my point of view i would say no also i don't there's i, I don't i don't think i th i think ben, i think bender and the principal are probably the two main rounded out characters in it and that every everybody else is kind of clinging on for dear life so no, it doesn't. It doesn't make the list. Not for me, anyway. Okay, doke. Ollie, what do you think? Breakfast Club. I would have to agree with John. I really don't like this movie at all. I, I didn't like it when I watched it the first time. I, did, I didn't like it when I watched it the other day. Um. It doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't do anything. 
um, there's this the, the most interesting bits is when they're kind of doing something, but it, it doesn't. There's no explanation as to why they're doing it. Like they're, they're running around the school, being kind of chased by the teacher, um, but for no reason. Like that, that, that just sort of happens. That they're they're dancing, they're dancing around the library or whatever, but again for no reason. Like the the it, it, this movie doesn't do anything for me. I I, I don't particularly think any of the performances are very good either um all, all, all of the characters are kind of stereotypes but not even good versions of those stereotypes i think this movie is massively overrated um and i'd i'd be a bit annoyed if this movie made our list when um national lampoon's european vacation didn't so, <laughs> no no thank you though Matt, who, where do you fall on the side of the Breakfast Club? Ah, uh, see, yeah, this is this is a tough one, really. It's again, I can, I can, I can really empathise with what John said, and also where Ollie was was going with that. I um, I didn't really like it when I saw it when when I was a kid. Um, I wanted more comedy and, you know, I knew who was writing it. I knew who was directing it. And, um, you know, I wanted more comedy and I know John Hughes isn't all comedy, comedy, comedy. Um, and I watched it again the other day. It's one of the only ones that I did rewatch. Um, not for one to try in, but, um, because of time really. Um, and I enjoyed it. I, I, I enjoyed it a hell of a lot. Um, I'll be honest. Yes, they are. They are stereotypes. They are stereotypes, but I think, you know, this is, this is, you know, we're, we're not writing high literature here, are we? We're, we're, we're not, like, pushing boundaries. He's not that type of filmmaker. And I think you've got to view it like that. I think, you know... Still got to be entertaining, though. It is entertaining. How's it not, how's it, how's it not entertaining? You've got, you've got these five stereotypical kids that we all know from, from school. You know, okay, fine, they're all pretty white, privileged kids, bar, you know, the, the, the one from a broken home. But... Hughes has that in all these movies. All his uh, his his teens and his movies come from wealthy backgrounds, wealthy parents. Um, so you know, yeah, not a lot happens, but you know, that's that's the script, isn't it? It's a play more than anything else. You, you've got you've got them all in this one library. I mean, the library. I mean, who, who, which school has a library like that? I mean, bloody <laughs> hell, it's it's ginormous, and they've that's got fantastic. like diff, different levels on it. And I know they probably built that to to film in um but seeing as it was again it was a fairly early john hughes directorial um film i think he did a sterling job i think there's some really really nicely filmed scenes in it given that a lot of it is very scripty um you know uh especially the bit where they're all they're all i think they're all sat up talking towards the end of the movie and there's a, there's a nice kind of like long sweeping um tracking shot uh just from where I think uh, the Emilio Estevez character is talking, I think I can't I can't recall exactly. Um, and it's a really nice, sweet kind of. I don't know. I'm on the fence. I really am on the fence because I, I know how much of a cultural kind of. Because um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, John, you're probably the best person to ask about this. Uh, but isn't is hasn't this film been like put in some American like historical culture thing? <laughs> You know, like in a museum, museum of like film and art or something. 
Yeah, well, basically, I, th I think um, it. Oh, I can't remember what it's called now. Um, but it's like, kind of like the Library of Congress. Yeah, something, something major, something like yeah. that. But basically, they have a they have a film archive and things like that. Yeah, uh, yeah I know. I know from my reading today that Ferris Bueller's in it. Yes, yes, um, that, was, that was the other one. Excellent. Yeah, I mean the 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 argument I would have for the Breakfast Club is the fact that I, I find. Bender is such a an overpowering bully of a stereotype, and I mean every every time every time there's a breakthrough, it or it it descends into a fight because Bender turn, turns it on them, and it, it and I, it just it, it does it it just really didn't it just it didn't really go didn't, it didn't go where yeah I mean that character doesn't really go. And he, he doesn't travel a distance to to kind of improve himself. I do think the end is far too convenient. They they walk outside and you know suddenly the you know the uh, the rich girls with the bad boy and the you know the weird girls with the jock. You know that's all yeah. a bit too convenient for me. And I know where the, his journey, Bender's journey, he does he doesn't really get to to that point. Um, he does kind of remain that kind of like. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I like Judd Nelson. I think he he does a really good job with what he's I, got there. And he, now, to he, be fair, to be fair, I think Judd Nelson does a really good job. I yeah. just don't think as as a whole. If I was watching it on stage, mm. if I was watching Harold Pinter or Arthur Miller, it would be fine because mm. you can have such arch stereotypes. But we know this isn't that though. For me, this isn't that. That's this film isn't that. And you have to remember, this is like. Of its time, it's that you know. If you, it, I don't want to use the word zeitgeist, but it, it is of its time. It's it's you know. Uh, I we didn't live in America in the eighties. I, I I didn't live in the high. I didn't go to high school in the eighties. I went in the nineties. But you know, I can see these type of stereotypes in 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 the school that I went to. Um, to be fair, my 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 argument would be that he's done it better in other films. Um, I'm not so sure he has because you've got these these teen kind of teen dramas, teen angst films that he's, he, he's done in the mid-80s. Mid and the, there's, there's three or four or five of them. And I think this is probably the better of, of all of them, um, maybe. Uh, I don't know. I'm on the fence. Can I, can I, can I be can, a really, uh, can I be a big baby? And, and... Well, the question is, are you, you going to say yes and make me decide? Yeah, go on then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it that way. Yeah. Because <laughs> right. so I, I do enjoy no's. it. I did enjoy it. I did. Uh, I do enjoy the film. So yeah. So two yeses and two noes, which means it's it's all down to me. Um, I I I watched this film a long while ago, and I I was a bit like Ollie and John. I I didn't I didn't think too much for Breakfast Hub when when I watched it previously. I didn't really understand what the hype was about. Uh, when I watched it in people saying this is a film that I had to watch. Um, I rewatched it for this list and I got a lot more out of it, I have to be honest, than 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 I did when I was younger. Yeah, um, same here. Same yeah, here. I, I I I I didn't like that it was they like the the conversation where they're all opening up and they're all sat round after they've mm. found a bond with each other. Um I felt that they delivered a lot of information that that seemed seemed like it's come out far too quickly. Everything appeared to to turn into this like perfect little scenario where everybody was happy to share everything far too quickly. But that being said, 
how, then, else, then, how else did you deliver it in this situation? Um, uh, so but then, but then, sorry to interrupt. That's all right. But then, but then, don't don't people sort of reveal a lot more about themselves when they're you know drunk or, or when they're vulnerable? Yeah, yeah, possibly, possibly. And, and, and like Matt said, that as they're vulnerable as well. Um, yeah, I, I think it was a it, it was a way of telling um, how how these kids were feeling. Um, I'm not sure that it would have played out like that in real life, but this isn't real life. This is the movies, mm-hmm. and um, for that, I'm I'm gonna say yes. So hey, what? There you go. Uh, <laughs> the Breakfast Club has three votes. Um, Can I just say that I think the only reason anybody put this on the list is because of the Simple Minds track. I mean, that is a very good piece of music. It starts with the Simple Minds track and it ends with it. So you kind of go in going, oh, this is going to be great because this track's great. And then the movie ends and you think, oh, this this track's excellent. Oh, yeah, don't you forget about... So you leave with that feeling of... Oh, what a good song! And the yeah, fist pump, the and the fist in between, pump into the air the as he walks over. And... Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. but, but the movie in between is rubbish. <laughs> for me, any, anything that gets a salute in the Family Guy is great. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't uh, Peter Griffin do the fist pump at the end? He does. He, he does. does. Yeah, in yeah. one, in one yeah. particular episode. Yeah. Yes. Right. So we have five movies from John Hughes. We have Ferris. We have Uncle Buck. We have Planes, Trains. We have Home Alone. And we have the Breakfast Club. Uh, we're going to try and get two more. John, can you give us one of those? Well, I, I, I think uh, Pretty in Pink should be one of them. Um, I, th- I, um, I think it's. I think we um, we're having this conversation. What well, we, someone pointed out in the WhatsApp group that um, this is kind of like Sixteen Candles, but three three hundred times better. Um, 300 times better written, better thought of. And I think that's, and for considering it's a film which features a female lead with, um, which is pretty progressive um, for the time, um, it, it's, it's, rich, it's rich guy, poor guy. It's uh, it's all class. It's all class. Um, it's all teen teen angst. Um, there's a house party in it. There's always a house party in a John Hughes movie. <laughs> um, but it's it. it I, I feel that it's re- a really nice character stu- character study um, from from a female from a female perspective. Um, and it it feel and it's like I say it, it, it it's all about the ri- the richies and the po- the poor people and we we're seeing it from the poor from the lower class side of town and uh, ha- and I, I what watching it watching it today it just feel it doesn't feel like there was anything easy in it i think i think the story i think the arc is um complex enough to be different um i think um i love harry dean stanton as the dad um as the deeply depressed dad uh, the lovesick dad in fact 
Um, and uh, and the fact the way that she she takes care of him, and that they're having girly conversations because she doesn't have anybody to have those conversations with. Um, and in fact, he actually turns around and says, uh, um, "I wish you ha I wish your mum was here so you could have these conversations." Um, it there's nothing. Uh, John Cryer as Ducky uh, is a one is a wonderful character is a wonderful character um as as the the love the love lawn best friend who's who's failing who's failing so he can get more help from her to so that he can spend more time with her he's very he's very much puppy dog and then annie potts who isn't being janine uh janine melnitz uh being um being her boss friend, it, all, it, 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 it kind of feels like, it, it doesn't feel like an easy teen movie, but it feels like the teen movie that lots of films want to, have been trying to be since. Nice. I think nice. it should go on the list. Okay. Ollie, Pretty in Pink. What do you think? Uh, I've I've never seen it. I, I didn't like The Breakfast Club, so, um, and, and apparently that's, that's a better movie, so... I've, I've deliberately never watched this one. Okay. Uh, no, just no. Okay. Uh, Matt, pretty in pink. Um, Ollie, shame on you. You should watch this film. It's it's really it's really good. It's really I good. I refuse to believe that it's better than National Lampoon's View. <laughs> it's it's a, it's it's a different type of movie, but just just as good. And there is no Chevy Chase, but there is no comedy in this either. Um, I agree with John. I think it's a really sweet movie. It's got lots of heart and soul. Um, very relatable. Lots of themes about class, rebellion, unrequited love. Yeah, it's a bit soppy. Uh, lots of t if, it, if it, I tell you what, if this movie didn't have the name Pretty in Pink and it was called something different, I, I think more people would see it. To be honest, um, it's it's for me. It was on my list and. Um, mainly because uh, of two really good performances. You've got John Cryer as Ducky, who is absolutely brilliant in this role. Um, and John Cryer, correct me if I'm wrong, he's he's one of the two and a half men, right? Is that? Yes. He is, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's got pedigree in comedy. He's very good in it. He plays it very well. And you can really feel how sad he is and lovelorn. And, you know, he wants, he wants this girl so badly, um, but he's also willing to let her go as well. Um, it's got a cheesy ending. They always do. Again, you're right, John, Harry Dean Stanton, anything he's in, I'll watch. And he's really good in this, really good. Um, uh, and the other great performance in this is James Spader, James Slimy, Slimy Bastard Spader. He's really good in this. The only, the only um, teen high schooler who wears a two-piece suit to school. Um <laughs> absolute brilliant he's really like devilish in this you know he's devilish in all those 80s movies and you know uh, apparently he 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 was supposed to be cast as the as the love interest in this and um blaine which went to andrew mccarthy who you might remember from classics like weekends at bernie's and stuff like that and mannequin um but he didn't want to play he just he wanted to play in nasty characters so you know he he went on to have this kind of reputation as a as a, as a slimy character actor in the 80s I, I love it i think it's a really good film i was pleasantly surprised um it was one of those ones that my sister had again on vhs growing up 
Um, and for that reason, I never watched it. Uh, and I only saw it a couple of weeks ago and I thought it was really, really good. Mm. So, yeah, I put it on there. That's two. Um, I'd never seen this movie before either. I I wasn't, it wasn't one that ever just, I think possibly because of its name. Um, when I was younger, I don't know why, Pretty in Pink just didn't feel like it was a teenage lads movie, I guess. <laughs> no, um, no. Uh, I, and I watched it and... There was there was there was something about it. I thought I I, I have to agree. I, I I thought that John Cryer I thought was excellent in this. I thought he was um, it just the way that he played that love love sick best friend was brilliant. Um, he, he he his interactions in in the uh, in the record shop. Um, Annie Potts I'd, I'd never seen her in anything else other than Ghostbusters I don't think and she was mm. great in this and uh, James Spader as well um, yeah as you say slimy as um, but I, I, Molly Ringwald and whoever you just mentioned from Mannequin who played the lead I just didn't really feel that part of the story too much um, it didn't add, 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 it didn't really connect with me um i found myself a little bit bored in those parts of the story and i felt like i was watching now this may have come first but i feel like i've watched teen movies done better um that may have been made after this movie and may have been taking influence from this film um but that being said i thought that they a lot of those did it better than this um so Ollie be pleased to know I had it ranked <laughs> below European vacation on my list. Of course it is. <laughs> so it doesn't it doesn't make it for me, I'm afraid. It wasn't a bad movie, but I wouldn't have Some said good it. scenes though, some good yeah, scenes. There were, yeah, that, there were. John Cryer doing his Otis Redding uh, in the in the record stories, mine yeah, is Otis Redding. That's a great, great, great scene. It's that's a great scene. moment. Yeah. Um so that's two yeses and two noes. Rob, this time it's all down to you whether oh. it makes this list. Pretty in Pink, um, is it in the top seven of John Hughes? Pretty in Pink makes... Does it make the top seven? Of course it does. There you go. I love, love this film. Yeah, I actually went on... Um, I went on a date to see this film. And it's funny because when I was on the way to the local Flea Pit, which is no longer there, yes, our, our local cinema used to be called the Flea Pit, <laughs> nice, Very nice. Astounding, I know. And um, on the way there, when I heard that we were going to see a film called Pretty in Pink, you know, as a 16 year old, I was thinking, oh, you know, oh, oh, good, goodness gracious me, what, have we, what, what am I seeing? Like Matt said, so I think if it was called something else, I probably wouldn't have been um, put off by the title. But loved, absolutely loved it. As, as you've, you've, many of you said, the um, Ducky character was just fantastic. It's superb. That bit in the record store was great. Um, I kind of, in a weird kind of way, being being a sort of, of a similar age when I saw it, I kind of almost aspired to be him as kind of like this sort of anti, slight anti-hero type. Um, and, I, and I quite liked his style. And it's funny because a lot of my female friends at the time all had a crush on him. They all fancied him more than any of the other. Yeah, he doesn't male seem. Yeah, in the film, um, I I think Molly Ringwald was excellent in this, I, and I thought she was great in 
the Breakfast Club, but I thought she was particularly good in this. I thought very, very relatable character. Um, I, I saw her character female, female friends at the time. Similarities in the angst that they were going through, and as a male friend, you know, sort of being supported. So I, I found this a very relatable film. A lot of depth to it. Um, again, music was just great in the film, and I love the psychedelic furs, but just the maneuvers in the dark, new order. It's just an excellent soundtrack as well. If you if you don't know it, I can highly recommend it. Um, but it's still it's nice because you're kind of rooting for the underdog. Um, you know, this, the two the two sort of main underdog characters you really kind of root for. You know, the Molly Ringwald character and the Buffy character. Um, yeah, some emotional scenes. Uh, the scene with um, Molly Ringwald's character Andy and her father was was beautifully performed. I thought very poignant scene. Um, James Spader, as already mentioned, he does intimidating so well. I don't know if any of you have seen the US office because he he appears in that and he, he does into yeah. in that brilliantly brilliantly as well. Yeah, so, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. I think I'd actually if I was ever in his presence, I think I'd be quite scared actually. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if he's like that in real life. He might not, but he might be completely lovely and completely different. I don't know. But um yeah, love this film. It's um it definitely definitely goes in there for me. Just uh, I discovered actually um on Rewatching it again and doing a reading up on it, I didn't realise that there there was originally a different ending. I can't yeah. say because I don't want to do spoilers for anyone who's not seen it. But um, there was a different ending, and apparently the test audiences didn't like it. They booed the original ending, so it was reshot with it with a to change change the ending. Yeah. Okay. Well, apparently also when they filmed the ending. Um, Molly Wing- Ringwald was also ill. Oh, oh right, okay. So, it, know that. Yeah. so no, no, no. This is as well. Mm. Oh, so I actually gave them the perfect yeah. opportunity to rewrite and reshoot it. Right, oh, nice. So um, I'll, I'll I'll leave it. I'll leave it there. Nice. Okay. Well, we yep. have Thanks six guys. We have six. John, can you give us the last uh, one on this list? Hang on, I gave you pretty in pink, mate. Oh, did you? I can give well, you then, another one if you want. Well, you can. <laughs> I, I'm, jump, I'm jumping ahead. Ollie, Ollie, come on then. Can you give us? Um, well, I'm, I'm desperate to get a Clark Griswold movie on here. So <laughs> can we go National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? Okay. It's one of the best Christmas movies there is. It's, it's up there with Home Alone. It's up there with Elf. Um, this one of of the uh, the vacation movies, this one has the most heart. It, it's about a man who's just trying to make the most perfect Christmas for his family. There's loads of slapstick, brilliant slapstick comedy moments from Chevy Chase, the bit on the ladder where it, when he's kind of he, he's, he's he's stapling all like thousands of kind of lights all over his his house. He's got um, he's got a new Rusty. We've got a different Rusty, and we've got a different um, Audrey in every single <laughs> vacation movie. But that doesn't matter because as long as you've got Chevy Chase as Clark Griswold and um, 
who plays his wife? Beverly, Beverly D'Angelo. Yeah. yeah, again, fantastic. So it doesn't matter that the kids kind of keep changing. This one's got Juliette Lewis as Audrey, and it's got the guy from The Big Bang Theory. Yeah, Johnny Galecki. Um, Galecki, yeah. yeah. As, as, as Rusty. Um, so yeah, he, he's, he's stapling the lights all over his house, and then he, he staples his glove, and he staples his sleeve to the house, and then the ladder swings back. Oh, it's so funny. And then the, the bit towards the end of the movie with the squirrel and you've got um, <laughs> it's such a, such a good bit. And then uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, like the, the annoying neighbour kind of comes to the door to complain just as Clark opens the door and then the squirrel hits her. And, and, and he just, the funniest bit isn't the squirrel hitting her. It's when it, then Clark Griswold closes the door and he goes, squirrel's gone. And absolutely creases me. Um, yeah, we, we need we need a we need a Griswold, Clark Griswold, movie <laughs> on the list. So please, can we have National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? Matt, what do you think of Christmas Vacation? Well, Ollie, I, I'm going to say yes. This is my favourite um, of the uh, vacation movies. Um, uh, it's just for me constantly funny, and just props to um, Randy Quaid as the. Um, it's the cousin, right? It's the cousin. Yeah, it's the cousin, cousin. Yeah. yeah, with his with his RV. Cousin in law, I think. Yeah, his wife, yeah. Who's the cousins with the? Yeah. The I, I just love, I just love him. That character, I actually see so like just, just hilarious, man. And from I haven't seen it for a while, but I, I do remember there was, there was a bit with some. Um, they're clogging the septic, ta- unclogging the septic tank, wasn't <laughs> it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just funny. Yeah, I, I loved it um, when I saw it. I remember seeing it as a kid. Um, and I try and seek it out um, as often as I can um, around Christmas time. Um, it's one of those ones that whenever it's on telly um, and you sat around, it's like, right, just leave that channel on. So, yeah, I, I, I prefer this out of all of them. So definitely for me, um, let's put one of them on there. Let's put Christmas Vacation on. Okay. Um, Ollie, you said the wrong one for me to say yes, I'm afraid. Um, I... I, I just watched this movie i finished watching this movie about an hour before we started recording it's the first time i've ever seen christmas vacation it somehow (laughs) passed me by all these years and i don't think i laughed once i don't know whether it was the 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 feeling the need to watch the film or the fact that it wasn't christmas but i i watched re-watched vacation um was really enjoying it and laughing and this i just felt like the character was worn out um i don't know why uh just it just felt like i've seen these jokes and i've seen them done better um i didn't feel like it, i know he was trying to make the perfect christmas for his family but i felt like he he his character displayed more heart and desire to want to have the perfect vacation in the first movie than he did for the perfect Christmas. Um, so for me, it's a no on Christmas vacation. Rob, what do you think Christmas vacation? I've got to agree with you, Paul. I, I didn't, when I originally watched all the vacation movies in my teens, I found them much funnier than when I rewatched what I saw two of them the last couple of days. And I, Really struggle. Maybe maybe I've kind of grown. Maybe there's a maturity. I don't know. Maybe I'm seeing them with different eyes. Because I, I question that also with like 
the, the Breakfast Club, maybe I'm being, I like it for the nostalgia, and maybe if I saw that with fresh eyes now and never seen it before, would, would I like it as much? So, trying to not cloud my judgment here, but I, di I didn't. There were, there were a few bits where I did laugh out loud, but the, the laughs weren't as regular as I would like or as I would expect in watching a comedy, if that makes sense. Um, when I compare it to, say, you know, planes, trains and automobiles, which just, just makes me laugh out loud a lot. There's a lot more belly laughs, a lot more laughs in planes, trains and automobiles than there is in Christmas Vacation. Um, the squirrel moment did make me laugh out loud, and that was that was a great bit. Um, but I thought a lot of the gags were a bit obvious. Um, so, oh, Ollie, I'm really sorry. I'm going to have to say no. That's uh, that's sorry, two to, that's two to two. Uh, John, it's all down to you. Okay. Um, I thought European Vacation was the best. Yeah, and you didn't. Say yes and, to that. and I didn't say yes to that. <laughs> oh, okay, the thing about the thing about Christmas Vacation was it felt very much like a direct-to-video yeah. or a TV movie version of the Griswolds. Um, and I, I, the Nicholas Guest and uh, Ju Julie Louis Dreyfus next door just felt like a bolt-on. They're there as a crew. They're there for. Uh, they did. They just didn't feel organic. I mean, I think it's, they were it's there like, for the squirrel payoff at the end. Yeah, <laughs> but that that was about it. And they it just didn't it didn't work as a counterpoint. And um, I think that there. Um, I didn't. I didn't like Juliet Lewis and Johnny Galecki as Audrey and. Uh, rusty, rusty, yeah, because it almost felt like they were resetting the characters by five t five years. I, I couldn't work out whether it was intended to be a prequel to the previous movies because they looked so much younger. Yeah, or, exactly. Or, but, but whether, no, or whether they just went, uh, we just got two new actors. Well, I don't no, think they're worried about it. I, well, yeah, because yeah, it's not a major. Well, no, they, I don't they, think they thought into it. Yeah, they Plus, worry after. They worry enough about it to say that the older kids of um, Randy Quaid's character yeah. aren't coming. Yeah. So I and it just they they they're good they're good actors, but they just didn't really they they just didn't really flow for me. And as much as I'm I'm really I'm really glad they got rid of the um, Clark Griswold ogling the women. In the in that they in that first they? in that first five minutes <laughs> after 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 the super after the superstore, he has like a he has a, he has a, a, has a, he has a, he has a fantasy yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but he's not but as opposed to the first one where she's real yeah that is true and they yeah. end up meeting and it being and actually at the end of the end of the first one he actually goes to the bar looking for female companionship. Yeah. Before she walks in, uh, um, I, I, I find this a lot more, a lot more palatable than that. But yeah, it it just felt a lot more. It felt juvenile about by, by the numbers. Okay, so unfortunately, Ali, that's two vacation movies shut out from oh. this list. Oh, Ollie, uh, sorry. 
we're, we're, we're still only at six movies. Uh, Matt, do you have a seventh one? See if we can finish this off. Yeah, don't, don't I, tell me vacation. No, it's not. It's not. Don't worry. I won't. I won't. I won't go into that. I mean, whilst we're here, does do, do we all want to just quickly say? Do we want to put Europe? Uh, the first one on there, seeing as rather than go through it all over again. Uh, I, I I would vote a yes for vacation, personally. Love- Anybody else? Um, I think it's I Hollywood. Think it's good yeah. to put it yeah. no. <laughs> so it's a no from John. What about no for me? No, no, oh, guys, it doesn't make it. No, okay. Oh, look at that. Oh, no, yeah, it was that wasn't yes my choice. No, no, I'm just saying, yeah. I would have said yes there. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my favorite vacation movie, but I'd have uh. said yes just to try and. <laughs> yeah, and Vegas vacation is well out. <laughs> well, that, that's not John Hughes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So Matt, what? What's okay. Your, what's your seventh? Um, all right, I'm conscious that we we've got time on our side. We haven't got time on our side here. No, no, go but, for it. Um, I'll be I'll be brief as I can. I'm going to dive straight in and say um, uh, 1988, The Great Outdoors, John Candy, Dan Aykroyd, um, a very 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 early performance from Annette Benning. Um, and this is another uh, movie directed by Howard Dutch. Dutch, is that how you say his last name? Yes. Howard Dutch. So he'd done three, this was his third third Hughes script. Um, and Hughes wanted apparently to, to, to film this himself, but he had prior um, prior engagements or prior, um, you know, things he had to go on with. So anyway, so uh, what we have is uh, John Candy, Chet Ripley, uh, he and his family are going to a cabin in the woods where he once went with his um, family when he was a kid. And he went there with his uh, his wife on their honeymoon. And he wants his children to have the same sort of experiences he did as he was growing up in the wild. Um, and now the reason I love this film is it is just, it's not the greatest film in the world. And it gets a bit of a bon rap, I'll be honest, which isn't fair. It, for me, it's got sequence after sequence after sequence of top class slapstick humour. I mean, this is Laurel and Hardy um, from the 80s. It really is that type of humour. And it's the the John Candy and Dan Aykroyd show, really. This whole thing, I mean, it's it's chock full of, of witty backhanders um, that play as much to the kind of the straight guys they do to the funny guy. I mean, John Candy is again, he is at his finest in the eighties, late eighties, I think. Anyway, he hit he hit his 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 peak, his peak of of his performances. Um, it is it is just it's just continuous continuously funny. Um, for me, anyway, you know, you've got some some all time great scenes. Um, you know, you've got the the from the very beginning, you've got the the very self aware um, service sign at the um, the reception desk. You know, <laughs> but for prompt service, blow me as 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 uh, we'd, we'd also mentioned in the, in the WhatsApp group earlier. And then you've got this really ugly dog. This dog jumps up, and the guy just explains that the dog loves porcupines but hates humans, and he's got all this mashed up face. And that just, it just from that point onwards, it's just joke scene after joke scene after joke scene, and some great, great lines. You know, you've got John Candy trying to get it on with his his wife, and he's calling her Shilana, the oak tree woman, temptress of the woods. And I will be Bert, Bert, a guy named Bert, or Smokey's cousin, Horny the Bear. You know, it's just. Just really, really good scenes. Um, scenes with uh, with the jet boat um, named Suck My Wake. Um, you've got the self-aware raccoons that come in each evening. The oldest Canadian man in the world, which I won't spoil, 
the lightning strike guy who can't stop stuttering. Um, just, just so much funny. And again, another one of my favourite scenes of all time, which is um, John Candy demolishing the old 69er um, with, the, with the bloody chef standing over him the entire time. And again, I won't spoil the punchline on that, but it is very, very, very funny. Now, that being said, you would have to lose that whole teen angst love story that is really weak with the eldest son. Um, although saying that, I had a massive crush on the actress that played um, that character. Her name was Lucy Deakins. And if you remember, she was in a film called The Boy Who Could Fly. And I don't yeah. know if anyone ever saw that. It's really yes. quite yeah. obscure from the like 86, I think, mid 80s. And she was in that, and for that, I remember having a real big kind of crush on her. Um, anyway, but I mean that, but us by and the by, that that whole part of that um, of the film could go for as, as far as I'm concerned, which makes it a bit flabby, to be honest. Um, and it's got one of the best uh, end credit scenes ever. Um, Dan Aykroyd dancing to Wilson Pickett's at the end with the whole team; they're all there enjoying themselves. Just really, really, really funny films and unfortunately it is a bit kind of almost like a um saturday night live sketch show you know there's this kind of that's how it how it plays out to me which is a bit unfortunate really but you can tell that a lot of them were part of programs like that like saturday night live with dan Aykroyd and the canadian one that um john candy was involved with rick with rick moranis and uh, eugene levy and katherine o'hara and stuff like that um yeah, John Candy, funny, likable. Um, he's got this wonderful gift of just being charismatic and charming, um, but funny. And you can see that they're really having the time of their lives. You know, the scenes he has with his wife, the actress playing his wife, where you can blatantly see them smirking at each other because they're just having so much fun with it. Um, and yeah, it's not the greatest John Hughes movie, but, you know, let's be honest, we all love John Candy and we love laughing. And I think it deserves to be at least number seven. Nice. Um, I've never seen this movie. Uh, it was one of these movies that uh, one of the movies that um, was on my list of watches, and I just ran out of time. And for some reason, I chose Christmas Vacation, and I think I should have watched this movie instead. Um, so unfortunately, it's a no because I haven't seen it. Rob, have you seen The Great Outdoors? No, no ditto. And again, it's shocking. Bearing in mind how much I love John Candy in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. It's absolutely shocking that I've never seen this film. Um, and like you, it was it was on the shortlist to watch today, but uh, it, yeah, it just got edged out by uh, by another film. So um, I, yeah, I can't really be in a place to place both. That's fine. That's fine. Fairly. Uh, okay. Please um, do watch it. Please do watch it. Yeah. Watch Please list, watch it. One one for both me and Rob to watch. Yeah, um, absolutely. John, is it top seven for you? No, it's not. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I, I found I found Dan, uh, Dan Aykroyd not a horrible character. Yeah, um, <laughs> horrible character. Uh, yeah, and yeah, um, and I found and and basically, basically, it's just because it's an entire film of John Candy trying to do something and um, Dan Aykroyd telling him, "No, don't do it like that. The best way to do it's this," and then it all going horror horribly wrong. Um, to the point where I actually fell asleep and had to rewind it. So, no, not for uh, me. Ollie, it hasn't made it. What if it 
been a yes from you for the great outdoors? Of, of course it would. Of course it would have made it been a yes. There's a there's a whole sea there's a whole water skiing scene in it, which is absolutely brilliant. I'm jealous that you get to watch that for the first time. Yeah, um, me and, too. And then there's the scene at the end. I, I won't I won't even say what it relates to, but there's a scene in the cabin at the end, and it's absolutely hilarious. Um, yeah, you, to, to to you guys get to watch that for the first time. I'm I'm jealous of that. Yeah, it should have made the list. And and a similar scene, like a similar type scene, with you know, with a squirrel in um, Christmas Vacation. They've got yeah, the bat, yeah, the bat, exactly the bat the in this thing. one. Yeah, they've got the bat, which is <laughs> so But then funny. there's another one after that as well, isn't there? Which yeah, is even, yeah. even yeah. better in my opinion. Nice. Yeah. Um, so make it. No. doesn't make it. Uh, comes around to me. See if I, see if I can see if I can find one that um, will pug, pull on your nostalgic heartstrings from when you were a kid. Um, Charles Grogan has just passed away uh, a few weeks ago, and this film. Oh really? Will, really? Oh, yeah, gosh, Charles Grogan uh, has unfortunately passed away recently, and this will be the film that I will always remember him from, um, where he he and his family adopt. A massive Saint Bernard. It is Beethoven. It is stupid family fun and it's brilliant. Um, a family adopting a this beautiful little puppy dog um, and craziness ensues. Uh, Fox Mulder himself making a, a little appearance in this movie, um, getting dragged around by the dog. Um, foiling a crime a dog and charles grogan foiling a crime um my girls love this movie they've watched it so many times i introduced it to them and uh, my daughter now has a beethoven toy i think beethoven is an outstanding family watch and i think it at least deserves to be number seven on this list rob do you like beethoven you got beethoven i've not seen it for a very long time i I watched it with my nephew and niece when they were much younger um and i from what i can remember i did enjoy it i did actually laugh and i did think yeah it's cute and i, I like dogs anyway so for, on that basis from memory and enjoying it with my family and a cute dog yeah beethoven anyway. it's got two yeses john beethoven uh, I'm going to say yes as well because oh, yeah. it, it, it's 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 got it's actually got the night it's actually got the thing that John Hughes ended up doing in the end, which was writing kids' films, and this one he wrote under his pseudonym of uh, Edmund Dantes. Um, this is the one what he used, what he ended up writing in the end were kind of like kid films with really dark side plots. So uh, the the plot of the film is the the, the kids find this. Thing um, yeah, he, en- he ends up being adopted by the family, but actually yeah. the reason he's adopted is because he's run away from dog nappers who are using him for, for experiments. Yes. Um, so they, they, want, they want to test um, uh, hollow point bullets on his skull because he's got a thick skull. Yep. It's not, um, the... It's not, the ch- it's not child-friendly. No. Um, but then again, it's almost Cruella de Vil-type level... Bad guy, bad guy, animal cruelty. Um, and the bad, the bad guy in it, if I remember, is a guy, Dean something. He did a lot of Disney films back in the day, like Dean Jones. Dean Jones, yes, with really thick glasses on. As, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, no, I yeah, and uh, Charles actually, 
you talk about John Candy, Charles Grodin is actually a, a fine comic, basically in the vein of uh, Steve Martin, just a very fine, uptight, comedic act, actor. And uh, yeah, and even the kids don't get on my nerves. So that, that's always a plus. Nice. It has three. Ollie, would that have been a yes from you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I hadn't, hadn't written it on my list, but um, yeah, I, I went to the cinema to see it as a kid. I've, I've, I've watched it with my kids um, recently, and they absolutely love it as well. It's, 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 it's a brilliant family movie. Um, yeah, stick it on the list. Nice one. That's for Matt. Do you like Beethoven? Uh, <laughs> um, I, I've never seen it. I've never seen oh, it. I haven't. Yeah, that's uh, that's one that I, I will watch with my kids. Um, I love Charles Grodin, so you know I can't believe I haven't seen it in the past. And it's really sad news that he's passed yes, away. Yes, unfortunately, but, yeah, he's passed away recently. But um, yeah, yeah. So no, uh, no, for that reason only, I wouldn't put it on. But um, um, I will certainly I, look. I can look it up. Wholeheartedly recommend watching it with your little ones. It is yeah, a, it's a great watch. Guys, we have seven John Hughes movies. We have Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Uncle Buck, Planes, Trains and Automobiles, Home Alone, The Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink, and Beethoven, rounding out his top seven best movies from us. Uh, we've got to lose two of these movies. Um, I'm going to go in the order that we started off. So, Rob... Which is least deserving of a place on this list? Oh. Can you run them? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Ferris, Uncle Buck, Planes, Trains, Home Alone, Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink, and Beethoven. Um, for me, probably because I remember it the least and I probably didn't enjoy as, I probably wouldn't choose to watch this film if it were just me watching a film, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I was kind of almost coerced into watching it with my, uh, my nephew and niece, um, Beethoven. Okay. For me. John, what doesn't make the list for you? Um, I would go with uh, planes, trains, and automobiles. Planes, trains. Hang on, I'm missing one. Ferris, Uncle Buck. Sorry, Breakfast planes. Club. Oh, Breakfast Club. Okie doke. Breakfast yeah. Club. Uh, Ollie? Uh, yeah, Breakfast Club. Rubbish. Breakfast Club. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, Ollie, t- say what you think, mate. <laughs> Come off that fence, Matt. What's um, least? purely purely because I, I haven't seen it, Beethoven. Beethoven. Um, my my pick, and this is me being completely honest, would have been Pretty in Pink, um, which is null and void. Which means I've got to choose between The Breakfast Club and Beethoven. Um, and even though I just fought for it. Um, I, I'm picking Beethoven, so Beethoven loses it off this list um, with three. I can hear the howling of the dogs. Yeah. The <laughs> but it is a great family film, and I recommend everybody to check out Beethoven. Um, so I know that John and Ollie have voted for The Breakfast Club. So Rob, of the remaining films, Ferris, Uncle Buck, 
planes, trains, Home Alone, Breakfast Club, and Pretty in Pink, which is the least deserving of John Hughes's films? From the remaining list, I think based on, I think John Candy's performance was so much stronger in planes, trains, and automobiles. So on that basis, Uncle Bob. Okay. Um, Matt, of that um, list, what is least deserving? Oh, gosh. Uh, the Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast yeah. Club has three votes. I would have voted for Pretty in Pink, much like last time. So the Breakfast Club has been ejected. Ollie, you will be pleased to hear. Um, yep. It does not. It does not make the top five John Hughes movies. We have our top five John, movie, John Hughes movies, and they are Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Uncle Buck, Plane Strains and Automobiles, Home Alone, and Pretty in Pink. We've got to rank these movies now, guys. Um, Rob, we'll stick uh, you. Oh, sorry, Rob, you've already picked Uncle Buck um, as an eject, so I'm guessing that's your fifth ranking. So, John, Correct. what comes in at five for you? Planes, trains, and automobiles. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Ollie? Um, I haven't seen it pretty in pink. Okay. Uh, and Matt? Um, I would. Oh, God. I, Uncle Buck. Yeah, I really enjoy pretty in pink. So, Uncle Buck would have okay. to be, be there um, at the end. And I picked pretty in pink. So, John. Uh, you're going to have to recast between Uncle Buck and Pretty in Pink to give us our fifth position. Oh, Uncle Buck then. Uncle Buck is number five on this list. Okay. Um, I know John's picked Plain Strains. Um, me and Ollie have picked Pretty in Pink. So, Rob, of the remaining movies, Ferris, Plain Trains, Home Alone and Pretty in Pink, what goes at number four for you? Oh, this is tough. Home Alone. Home Alone. There we mm. go. Um, and Matt? Uh, Pretty in Pink. Pretty in Pink. There we go. Pretty in Pink is our number four John Hughes movie. Okay. Um, Rob and John got your votes. Ollie, of what's left, Ferris, Planes, Trains and Home Alone, what is number three? Um... I think it's Ferris Bueller's Day Off for me. Okay, no. Uh Matt? It's a tough one, isn't it? They're all really, really high-caliber movies now, the Dance of the Ball 3. Um, I'm going to have to put, because of my age and because of the way that I saw them, I'm going to put Home Alone as number three. Okay, no. Um Of all of those, for me, I think I'm going to have to say Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um so that's two votes for Ferris and two votes for Home Alone. So, John, again, you've got to decide which of those two movies goes at three. Is it Ferris or is it Home Alone? It's going to be Home Alone. Home Alone is at number three. So we've now got to pick our number one movie. Guys, let's go all the way to number one. Um, Ferris or Planes, Trains. Um Ollie? Um, Planes, Trains would be my number one of those two. Planes, Trains at number one. Matt? Planes, Trains. Planes, Trains. 
um, of those two, I would say Planes, Trains. And Rob? I'd go for Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, uh, okay. So, and I'm guessing that John would have gone for Ferris Bueller's Day Off as well. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. I'm afraid that Planes, Trains and Automobiles is our number one um, movie of John Hughes. Um, <laughs> there you go, guys. So, Planes, <laughs> Trains... Ferris. It's a good choice. It's a good list. It's a great movie. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So, let's run this down. At number five, we have Uncle Buck. At number four, we have Pretty in Pink. At number three, we have Home Alone. At number two, we have Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And our number one John Hughes movie is Planes, Trains and Automobiles. That is this week's Five on Film. Play the jingle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. Nice. Nice. It's a good one. Um, It's a good one. Yes. I think there's uh, some nice representation there. Um, Our comrade Chris has not made it this week, but he sent me his list. So he hasn't fallen in, but I'm just going to let everybody hear what Chris's opinion was. His top five had Uncle Buck at five, Breakfast Club at four, National Lampoon's Vacation at three, Planes, Trains at two, and Home Alone at one. So uh, uh, Chris has got three of his top five uh, represented in the list today. Um, Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go around again. Um, John, anything to uh, say this week? Um, well, pretty much I've got four. I have got four of the top of my top five. Nice. You just didn't like number one. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, pretty much. Um, I, I was basically Ferris Bueller, Home Alone, Pretty in Pink and Uncle Buck. So, yeah. yeah. Um, the, only, the only one I did... I, I had it there, but I was umming and ahhing about it. it was Weird Science. Um, yeah, me too. But, uh, too. but having rewatched it, it's all, it's very, I, I would say it's pro- problematic, but um, yeah. Honourable mention. It, 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 yeah. Good, a good film, but problematic. If you want yeah, an interesting, if you want an interesting one, very 80s, very spoofy, um, National Lampoon's Class Reunion. Oh, I watched that this morning. Uh, what did you think? <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> um, I ca- oh, it was bad. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of watched it, um, kind of like half um, naked gun, half airplane. Uh, apparently, he wrote that while he was working. Um, John Hughes working in New York, uh, working for National Lampoon. Yes, and they asked him to uh, basically come up with a movie that would be as successful as Animal House um, and then it wasn't um, but yeah. then off the back of that he, he did write um, Vacation which then obviously brought him to uh, brought him to the forefront alongside writing Mr Mum uh, with yeah. Michael Keaton so yeah yeah and if nice. you and did you know he wrote a pirate movie no oh that yeah. sounds good already <laughs> it's not it's not oh. it's called Nathan Nate Hayes it's it's really, really uh, Tommy Lee Jones. As, uh, what? Uh, yeah, Tommy Lee Jones as a pirate. 
I can't see that at all. Yeah, no, <laughs> neither can I. Uh, <laughs> and I've seen the film. Um, so yeah, but that again, that was one of his early ones. But it, it was a it was a cheap cheap film made in New Zealand. So okay, nice. Yeah. Uh, Ollie, anything to mention? Um, I, I had um, four picked four out of five on that list. Okay. So. And the only one yeah. was the one you hadn't seen, so that's not too bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. Good. So I enjoyed I enjoyed visiting some of those films from my youth. It was good fun. So good choice, Rob. Well, well done. Nice. Oh, fun. thank you. I'm glad nice you enjoyed fun. it. Matt, anything to add? Uh, no, pretty much all rounds. Everything that we've spoken about is is on there. Um, there's no other honourable mentions. Uh, yeah, I, I always enjoy a bit of John Hughes. Um, yeah, I've enjoyed watching the ones that I've seen. And um, I urge people to go and search out, as always, each week we say, go and search out the films you've not seen because they're not recommended on here for any other reason because they are good, all of them. Indeed. So Indeed. And uh, Rob... Thank you very much for joining us. Anything Thank to uh, add on the end? Well, yeah, I echo what um, John was saying, that uh, yeah, Weird Science nearly made the list for me because that's quite a nostalgic film and very funny. But, yeah, it, he's right. It's problematic as well. Um, pretty pleased because I got um, the top two, albeit the other way around. So uh-huh. I was pleased with that. So we've got, got a few on the, on the, on the top, top seven. So... Um, yeah, it's been um, it's it's a great excuse to uh, watch films, isn't it? Really. So yeah, uh, thank you for having me on board. I've enjoyed it. Good, good. I'm Pleasure. glad. I'm glad. Um, well, everybody, uh, that's this week's show. Um, please, please follow us on uh, our social medias, which is Five on Film Podcast on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook. Um, John is writing many an article about. Um, new things so if you fancy some written content um you'll be able to follow that on our social medias um from john um and we now have a sister podcast that you find on this feed as well um chris who is not here today is has started 40 on film chris uh one of our co-hosts has uh, has taken it on himself um, I hope he won't mind. I'm sure he won't, saying that he's turned 40 and he's looking into um, representation from each week's list of 40-year-olds uh, in film. So his first chat was with John, um, chatting about when Tom Cruise turned 40. John, can you give us a little trailer for anybody listening? Yeah, uh, basically the film Tom Cruise was making when he turned 40, uh, he was in preparation to do The Last Samurai um his uh dan- his dances with wolves in japan um it was yeah and we talk we talk about uh the film itself um how we feel uh tom uh what tom's effect on the film was um yeah it, it was it, it's an it's a nice it's a shorter chat than this because it because it's on a, on a particular film and a particular time but uh yeah no it's it's well I'll, I'll say it's well worth a listen indeed i will i will as well um so uh hopefully you'll enjoy that alongside our regular uh five and film discussion um guys our next podcast will be a superhero related podcast our Ooh. next podcast we will be looking at the films in the marvel cinematic universe um so i do hope you come back and uh listen for that one where we will again be having a guest feature on the program 
Um, that's been this week's Five on Film. See you soon. Good talk, Rusty. <laughs> Let's plough. <laughs>